Hello and welcome to Social Circle. Social Circle was born from monthly get-togethers between friends and colleagues where we'd gather around for a few drinks and chat about the latest in social media marketing. We wanted to be better for ourselves, for our clients and just because we really love social media. So we decided to open up the circle to other digital marketers with a goal to take social to the next level and share inspirational, instant and actionable insights. We get together monthly to run through innovations and cool campaigns from the digital sphere. I'm Kirsty Smith and I'm joined by my co-host, my buddy and my partner in digital crime, Sally Hawksford. Hey Sally. Hey Kirsty. Welcome everyone to the Social Circle podcast. Our values are to learn, connect and share and we hope we'll bring together more digital marketers through our podcasts and live events. Hi everybody and welcome to Social Circle, the July 2020 edition. Today, Sally and I will be running through 10 new innovations from the world of social media over the last month. Hi, Sally. Hi, Kirsty. So actually, Sally is kicking off today with a bunch of new stuff that's happened on Instagram over the last month. Yeah, so I'm kicking off with kind of some of the smaller um, functional bits of what's happened on Instagram over the last month. But again, they've been quite busy. Um, so the first Instagram innovation that we want to talk you through is around pinned comments on Instagram. So this new feature basically did actually launch back in May, but actually now it's been finally confirmed and rolled out as a universal tool. Um, and what it allows you to do is pin either one of your comments or one of the comments from anybody on your post to the top of the comment section. Um, obviously, you know, that's up to your choice what you wish to pin there or don't wish to pin there. But I think what Instagram really wants to do here is kind of um, move away from when people get start getting trolled and they're just like a whole wealth of kind of negative comments. And I think negativity spawns negativity, so they're hoping then if there are some positive comments in that you can start pinning those at the top and people will only see the positive comments first rather than seeing the negative. Um, I think this is also great if you have a you know, well-known influencer or mm-hmm. somebody that has um, a good reputation and they've commented on your Instagram page. Yeah. It's quite nice, isn't it, to show that you're It'd getting that kind of comment. Good, like, from, like, an authenticity perspective and kind of, um, you know, giving some weight to people that have commented on your post, like you say. So, um, and also, if there's a particularly good comment, you probably do want that to go to the top. I wonder if that user then gets notified if their comment has been pinned, because that would be really nice, wouldn't it? If yeah, you that's know true. If your comments are getting pinned, you're more likely to comment more. Yeah, and then you can start getting, like, brand advocates and stuff like that, and as a way as then kind of be like, oh, they pinned my comment or something. So... That might be quite good from that perspective. So, yeah, start trialing it out. It's rolled out now, so should be available to all users. Um, the second update is around um, Instagram shops. I feel every month we've been, like, right since April, like, oh, my God, Instagram shops. And I was really excited about it. My excitement is starting to waver slightly because... Um, they've now started the global rollout of it, which I'm kind of like, God now only just started. Um, I think, basically, I've noticed that it is now available in Commerce Manager on um, Facebook Business Manager. And this obviously allows you to kind of set up your shop, set up a live feed from your website, 
directly into Instagram kind of shops. Um, what you will have noticed is that the existing shop tab within Instagram Explore is now um, kind of at the bottom as like a direct link, whereas it used to only be at the top when you went in Explore, you could go into shop, it's now also at the bottom, which means that the activity icon has moved. That is still available, but it has moved into the, um, I think it's into the top right hand corner or something like that. Um, so it's not still fully rolled out, and I think I've been having some real problems with, well, Facebook and Instagram shop about some of the products that it will and won't display. So um, I'm working with an alcohol brand. It says it doesn't display alcohol, but it does display some flavors, but not others. Also working with another drinks brand, it will display the mango flavor, but it won't display the peach flavor, for example, because apparently the peach um, goes against its policies. So I think, when I say like rollout, I think there are still quite a few technical glitches here, um, and it's something to bear in mind. I have also noticed in Shopify, in the back end, it still says coming soon there, so whether that integration hasn't happened with the commerce platforms yet, which is why things are a bit glitchy. I'm not sure. I really jumped the gun on this one, and as soon as it was announced, I was like, hey everybody, emailed all my clients, this is coming, and everyone was like, what do I do? I was like, yeah, um, yeah it's pretty much your shop that you've already got. That you've already got. But with a call to action button that you might have on your profile or not. But um, I think we're also waiting on with, um, not Shopify Pay, Facebook Pay. Yeah. So I wonder once if Facebook pay rolls out, this is all just part of it becoming a more seamless process and actually having a direct transaction through Instagram. Because even with Instagram shops currently, you do still finally transact through the merchant's website rather than directly through the platform. So maybe this is a first step around it. But I really wish they'd just hurry up with it because I'm getting slightly bored of talking about it and it not being overly as exciting as we thought it was going to be. Next month, fingers crossed. Yes, next month, fingers crossed. Um, then the third thing that we wanted to kind of talk through was Instagram launching personal fundraiser functionality. So I think obviously off the back of the pandemic, they're kind of just looking at ways that they can support small businesses, but also individuals around crowdfunding. So very much, I suppose, like a Kickstarter campaign. You can now do that directly from your Instagram stories. So there's a personal fundraiser functionality. The new tool lets you raise money for personal causes, which I suppose you can dictate. One flag, it does need to go through approval, and you need to be over the 80, over the age of 18 to set this up. So you know you can't just be like, I'm going to start selling some lemonade. Um, let's get a Kickstarter going and you're only 16, um, I think Facebook will kind of veto some of that stuff. Um, Stripe is going to be the payment provider with this as well, so it will probably have to go through quite a few layers of approval first before something goes live and need to be seen as like a worthy cause or something, which I'm sure they'll have some guidelines around. Um, but yeah, kind of another way that kind of Instagram and Facebook have been supporting people and just having that new functionality, which I think that stories area has become really, really useful for around some of the other stickers that they have, like the order, the takeaway sticker, the gift card sticker. This is just another one as well, which can be used for brands and for personal profiles too. So really interesting, those other stickers that you mentioned, Sally, they partnered with people and for mm. um, gift vouchers, they're yeah. part of with their parties. They're not partnering with... 
Um, like just giving or just something. Just giving or no. throwing money or anybody, but maybe there isn't somebody, there isn't enough global providers for that. I'm not oh, quite maybe. sure. And maybe it's just Stripe is the payment processor. It's not mm. like, yeah. And I know because like just giving do take a cut and stuff. So they maybe, do. maybe that's why. But I can't imagine that Stripe aren't going to take a commission from it because otherwise what's the point of them being involved in this? So yeah, one to kind of watch out for really. Okay, great wrap up. Let's move on to Twitter. So our second topic to talk about Actually, again, a dual topic. Two uh, updates from Twitter this month that I thought were worth mention. Number one, really interestingly, and it's just rumoured at the moment, although I say rumoured, it did come directly from the mouth of Jack Dorsey, that Twitter um, may start charging, mm. um, which goes against everything we said last month, which was Twitter's on the rise, they've had a record amount of downloads. Um, they're not profitable, and... Jack Dorsey is looking at ways to make them profitable. One of them is to actually lock down not all of Twitter, so you wouldn't have to pay to use the profile, but certain areas of the app. No functionality kind of aspect. Certain function functionality, and I've kind of got a feeling that he'd start by targeting brands maybe, mm. or updating the profile so there's a differentiation between brands and right. oh, yeah. personal yeah, profiles. Because there is no, unless uh, you can get a verified account, but it doesn't mean make much of a difference. I think the only thing I kind of feel here is, are they missing a piece here that they're going straight to the consumer and charging the consumer for using the platform? Whereas if they made their ad platform slightly better... Um, when you say slightly... Reinvented it and just <laughs> popped it in the bin and started it again. Or made it so it, was, it had its own niche or something. Mm -hmm. So I think the problem is with its ads platform, the reason that advertisers don't use it is because they just don't see the return on it. And the big people that do see the return on it are the ones that do like a sponsored um, trend or something. Well, it costs 20 grand a day mm. to run a sponsored trend. So I just, I think what they have from a self-service perspective just doesn't even touch what Facebook can deliver. So it's kind of almost like, do they need to look at that before they start charging the user? We've gone off on a bit of a... Um, yeah, a tangent. A tangent on ads, but I agree. So when you're talking to your clients about which platforms to use, Twitter, just the targeting options yeah. cannot be as robust as Facebook. Because when you sign up for Twitter, I think only recently, you've actually started having to even give your age. Mm. So before it was, I'm over 18 and I'm in the UK, and that's all that they know about yeah. you as a user. So yeah, they definitely could look at that. Um, but one to watch, really. I'm not quite sure what the plans are. We'll report back next month. And the second thing is slightly more, I'd say fun, but I'm not quite sure that fun, but I want to talk about key topic trends on Twitter over the last month. So in a normal year, you would be able to plan your content around seasonal events and trends that are happening. So this might be anything from uh, uh, Black Friday, as from a retailer, the Golf Open, um, the uh, awards when they happen, award season, etc. But this year, everything has just been completely turned on its head. And actually, the trends that we've seen through Twitter have just been like unprecedented. So, um, obviously, we've seen a rise recently in uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, so, that's been a, a huge event that on Twitter and in the world that none of us have really. Um, really could plan for from a marketing point of view. So it's just, it's really interesting on, on Twitter and the trends that are happening and from a marketing point of view that you you just got to jump on these and be mm, reactive when mm. you can. 
I think it's testament to the platform and actually your Twitter strategy needs to be more of a reactive strategy than a planned kind of broadcast approach that you might have over on Instagram and Facebook because that content's just not going to get that cut through. What is going to get the cut through is kind of reacting to the moment and being very now. If you think of the way that Innocent Smoothies have been so successful on Twitter for a very long time now is because they are reactive and hilarious at it at the same time. This is interesting though. So in terms of emoji uses on Twitter, I really like this. So from May, we were seeing things like the, the home emoji being used, the toilet roll emoji being used. But into June and then forward into July, we're seeing a lot more of a rise. So 32% rise in the palm tree emoji mm. and a 48% rise in the bikini emoji. So we have seen that shift between people almost coming out of lockdown and going back to normality and that's playing out across the, the, the trends and the emojis that are getting used. I think even that kind of, I know it feels quite granular, but actually it's such a simple thing to look at those trends, look at the emojis that are being used and shaping some of your content even around that. So if you're quite like um, a more of a lifestyle brand, that actually creating some content then about holidays or kind of getting away although it's not a trending topic necessarily if that's what's currently being spoken about a lot on the platform kind of making your content around there making sure you're including those emojis as well yeah um I definitely, it feels like a real good quick win yeah definitely it's a, just a sense of people and their mood and where they're at really mm -hmm. so i would definitely be telling them my content around that do enjoy that the toilet roll emoji was previously <laughs> a big hitter <laughs> Um, so the third update to talk about today is something actually from Google, um, and this is a new kind of shopping platform that Google have launched, but it's like a shopping video platform. So the best way to describe it is a fusion between TikTok and Instagram, which bearing in mind also will come up quite a few times today, so keep that at the forefront. Um, but basically, what it allows you to do, it's a video shopping platform that lets you find, review, and purchase products. So when I say it's like TikTok and Instagram together, it's like the video aspect of TikTok because um, each kind of video is 90 seconds or less, but it's the discovery element of, um, of kind of Instagram, and it's very, very product-focused. So um, really good from that perspective. It's currently being, well, I suppose, tested in a way. It's not available as an app. It's available on kind of, well, not just desktop, but on web, web browser. Um, and you kind of scroll through it like you would do TikTok and Instagram. And you'll find that creators are reviewing products, particularly where they've started it is around the health and beauty and makeup market. Um, so you'll see somebody will be kind of reviewing a lipstick or reviewing an eyeliner. Then you can directly click on that product and go and purchase it straight away. So I, I suppose it's slightly different, well, from Instagram because you, as a brand, you're the only one that can tag that product um, if you've got that, obviously, that product feed. But um, so that's slightly different from that, from that perspective. I think this is also one of Google's plays to be the big e-commerce provider. So there seems to be this battle going on between Google, Facebook, and Amazon. And I think this shop loop um, kind of platform that they've created is a way to kind of make, have a step towards that. Um, 
we said the other day, didn't we, that will they integrate it into YouTube? Yeah, and then also, would they integrate it into search results? Mm. Which I think that has a real benefit. So if you were searching for a particular product, you almost then want to see the review that's on Shoploop, because then that would be quite useful. And if that review was from somebody you really respected as well, that might have extra kudos. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to get that one instead then. Um, so I'm... I feel as a standalone platform, I'm not sure how people would use it, because I also think you'd need to have the search functionality right, rather than just randomly scrolling, because you're either in the market for a new lipstick or not, and it, well, maybe that's slightly different in the health and beauty market, but say if this came out into tech, and you were looking at getting a new laptop, and you wanted, or a new TV, and you wanted to see the review of it, could you go onto Shoploop and search for that particular TV and see all the reviews around that TV? I think that would be beneficial. Um, and obviously they linked into search results in general. We were saying the other day, weren't we? Whatever happens, just go and claim your handle. Yeah. It's a Google product and therefore we don't know where it's going to go. It yeah. might turn into nothing. Might turn into Google Plus, RIP. Yes, RIP. Uh, but go and claim your handle and just wait and see what happens. Because if they do integrate it into search results, then it's something that is necessary for any business. Yeah, exactly. And the, like Kirsty said, the quicker you get on it, the more kind of brownie points you're given by the platform. Yeah, early adopter. So let's move on to Snapchat. I have to say that I was not very aware of this and the difference between um, a brand profile and a personal profile, but I've read up about it. So what I'm going to talk about is the fact that Snapchat have launched brand-specific profiles yeah, I mean, I just kind of thought they were all a little bit the same anyway. Well, they are, so the same as what we just mentioned on Twitter. What you get right. as a normal consumer and as a brand is completely the same. But the first, for the first time, brands are going to be able to set up their own profiles on Snapchat. So um, the features are being introduced for beta, in beta at the moment. So there's only a few select brands that have been chosen for this. But I think it almost just acts like a landing page for that brand. And on there, you're going to be able to have your selected brand videos, your content, your branded ARLA uh, lenses. And uh, it's going to act like a virtual in-app storefront for those brands that work with Shopify. Okay. So Snapchat, everything is here today and gone tomorrow. So as a brand, it almost acts like your Instagram stories. You've mm. got to be continuously creating and sharing content. But this, I guess, is going to allow you to have that presence on the app at all times. So if you are a brand that are perhaps just using that platform only to run ads, it's going to act like that landing page mm. for you. Um, so there are 15 companies that will take part in this beta test. And as expected, we've got some big players in here. We've got some luxury brands, such as Dior and Gucci. Um, we've got some cosmetic brands, Kylie's in there with Kylie Cosmetics, L'Oreal is in there. More big players, Louis Vuitton, Prada and Ralph Lauren. And then mm. a, um, a big US company, Target, Tim Hortons, the Canadian equivalent to Rex. <laughs> um, so let's see what happens. These big brands are going to move on to this platform. I'm presuming they are the big players in terms of ad spend on that platform too. Mm. And I did actually check in with my 15, 16 now year old niece, what, what she thought about this. And she said that these are aspirational brands that she did believe that her followers, um, sorry, her friends would follow. But I just think 
the young people are on there and using it as a messaging platform, mm. platform and I'm not sure how much they are really engaging with yeah. the platform. I also, I mean, I've only ever kept Snapchat from a filter perspective, shameful, create a selfie and then, or create an image and share it somewhere else. I don't have like an active Snapchat mm. account. It's more just kind of like nice filters. And I've even kind of moved away from that a little bit because I kind of find those in Instagram stories anyway. So... Mm, this might feel this does feel like Snapchat 2.0 but also should have been like five years ago maybe yeah absolutely I think they're just too late to the party but then again Sally we're not the demographic so too true too maybe true. we shouldn't pass too much comment on it um so the next update I want to take you through is around Pinterest and their algorithm so Pinterest algorithm um has come into play in the last couple of years very much made some changes on the platform. Obviously, the platform's all around search behavior because, as we've discussed before, Curse, pinners are planners, planners. which you do enjoy. Um, And actually, the way that people use the platform is very much around search. And actually, the platform then kind of rewards brands for having good search-optimized content, so titles of your pins and your boards, your descriptions. They also use hashtags on their platform as well now, so that's something that they also take into account with the algorithm. They also don't really like people who do bulk uploads of content, so they prefer like a drip feed of content, so don't kind of just go and create a whole load of content on one day and then do nothing again for six months. I think that is my key takeaway from this because not naming any names, but we would launch a yeah. campaign or a new range or a new collection and be like, pim, 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 and then see, and then, see yeah. next campaign. Yeah. Whereas actually, it needs to be that always on strategy. It's definitely. 15 minutes every day in the platform. Pinning. And actually, it's so much easier than necessarily like Facebook and Instagram because you haven't necessarily got to go like, what's the post today or stuff like that. It can be directly pinned using your website content as well. So if you integrate rich pins on um, Pinterest, it will pull all that information from your website anyway. So it's more of like an admin-y kind of role rather than it necessarily being a content creation kind of role. Will you tell me about rich pins? So rich pins is that you implement like almost like a bit of code um, and that will glean the description information from your website as well. That can be as your pin description. You can then edit it slightly to be more search term related, but um, it definitely is kind of a good way of like gleaning some information direct from your website rather than having to kind of rewrite it every single time. But one of the really big takeaways of this new algorithm update is around video content. So video content is becoming much bigger on the platform and there's two ways that you can do it. You can do it as like a vertical pin, so vertical video like you would do any of your pins or what's called max video, which kind of takes over two widths of a pin. So you get a much bigger area of the Pinterest real estate. So definitely worth kind of trialing with that. And they really are pushing video as well. Having said that, what I would say is make sure that video content is tailored for the platform. It's not just you've taken it from Instagram, you've resized it and you've checked it on Pinterest. Try and kind of make it for the platform. The platform really engages with more lifestyle kind of content that you're showing them that kind of inspiration. It likes a lot of text on that video as well. Bearing in mind there's no text rule like there is on Facebook, so you know, go to town from that perspective. Um, as I said, another one of the parts of the algorithm is fresh new content, so weekly uploads and drip feed that content. Um, and also what they are kind of looking at in the algorithm is 
highlighting diverse content from a range of creators. So it's kind of looking at the way that it gives the content to you based on a diverse range. So it's not just going to keep serving you the same content that you've looked at. It's going to look at that content and then go, well, what? maybe if you like this, maybe you'll like a bit of this as well. So it's adding to the diversity around um, the content that it shows you, um, you know, in your kind of feed, mainly. I'm really loving that update, Sally. Oh, thank you. Yes, I do enjoy a bit of Pinterest. Um, um, and I think also yeah, it's learning. such an untapped, like um an untapped opportunity for so many different brands that actually, like you say, it's kind of like, oh, well, we've got a Pinterest channel. We, up we update a few boards every few months. And the boards you'll go in and you'll see are really internally named focus, like um, the Dorchester range. No one's searching for the Dorchester range because you don't know about it, but they are searching for grey kitchens. So call it grey kitchens. Um, and that will kind of get around that algorithm and come up in more results and be more search friendly. Yeah, no, I think, like I said, or you said at the beginning of this section, Pinners are planners, and it's a social media network, but it's also a search engine. People are showing intent yeah. to purchase when yeah. they're in Pinterest. They're searching I, for a purpose. And I? I think Pinterest calls it an ideas network rather than a social network now, because you don't go there to interact with friends, but you do go there to like pin stuff and plan stuff. You might not be an active user every single day, or you might be when you're actually actively planning something, but you might come in and out of it. So that's why actually their algorithm probably is more important because people come in and out so so um, kind of infrequently that they can't look at all the content that they've engaged with because in six months' time, that's not what they're there for. So they have to kind of look at still giving fresh content mm. as much as possible. We should probably also give a mention to Pinterest trends, shouldn't we? Yeah. Where you can look at the top, 10 trends for the month well you can actually as well put a search in there as well like google trends so as you do on google trends you want to search a keyword you can do the same on pinterest trends now and it will show you the relatable keywords relatable boards relatable content that's out there so if you are struggling around what we talked about that naming convention or that search convention where you don't want to just be kind of like the dorchester range you know, type in Grey Kitchens and see what that top search term is and call your board that and then make sure all of your titles have got that in there as well. Really good. So valuable. Okay, number six. We're going to talk about Byte, aka Vine. So you might remember Vine from back in the day, which was six second or was it seven second looping? Oh, I can't remember. Six but or seven yeah. seconds looping. And I'm sure like, did Byte's Come or bite come out at the start of the year or something. I remember talking about it earlier this year. Yeah, so it came out in January 2020. There we nice. go, well thank done. you. Nice segue. So it's essentially Vine, and what it is, it's a six second looping app. It is in itself a social network, so you have a profile, you can like other people's bites, you can follow people, and you can comment. But I think it's almost a um, well, what Vine was is you then published them onto Twitter, and I think Twitter mm. bought Vine in the end. Anyway, it launched in January 2020. It didn't uh, gain significant momentum until da, 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 Trump has just recently um, announced that there might be a potential, well, there is a potential that TikTok is going to be banned in the USA. Mm. And he's given... Um, TikTok until the 15th of September to find a buyer or find somebody that will host the, the data specifically um, for TikTok. 
So there's also a rumour that Microsoft might be buying TikTok or hosting mm. TikTok for the US. Anyway, that's a little bit by the by. I think um, after Trump came out and said this, a lot of the creators from TikTok, the US creators, have needed to find a new platform and they've needed to find a new place to um, show their creativity and be creators. Yeah. So it's actually gained like a really uh, huge rise over the last couple of months, a big surge of downloads. So and now TikTok creators are almost scrabbling over there to be the next bite creator. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thoughts on this, Sally? Well, I heard that obviously India have already banned TikTok. I can't see TikTok going under in this sense because obviously... If Trump does ban it in the US, that's massively detrimental. I think, like you say, somebody like Microsoft, somebody's going to snap TikTok up because, as we've already talked about, TikTok have now launched an ad platform, etc. They're monetizing the platform. It has more of a kind of, um, I suppose, a more of a pull to to brand to um, to a buyer of some description. So, um, but I do kind of feel like. You know, what will happen is maybe a surge. And I think if you are going to, like we've already discussed, go on there, claim your handle now, maybe start sharing some new TikTok content onto Byte. So it's just you have a presence there whilst we wait and see what happens. I think, yeah, Trump has given them six six weeks to distance themselves from Chinese officials. So we'll see what happens, really. Yeah, okay, fab. So key takeaway, go on, go and claim your handle on yeah, Byte. Yeah, definitely. Um... So, also we wanted to talk about some new features that's over on WhatsApp. So, these are kind of features that are available from, obviously, a consumer perspective. Um, Also, if you use TikTok from a business perspective. Um, So, animated stickers is the first one. So, um, as per the kind of current implementation, um, these stickers don't play in a loop, but they are available there that you can kind of choose these stickers um, and add add them to your content as and when you see fit. Um, obviously this is something that always baffles me that from a stories content, WhatsApp has the most used stories or something. So, cause people use that stories functionality on WhatsApp or like status updates. It's a status update. It's a status update, and, isn't it? And you're still holding on to that from that quiz question. It was the Christmas quiz. It was the Christmas quiz. And I was like, this is lies. But apparently it's true. And I'm sure, um, somebody mentioned on the live social circle last week, that actually WhatsApp is the highest amount of like stories across obviously the globe. So actually these animated stickers are probably in very much high use. Um, so one to have a little play with. Um, the other kind of update that's come with, which at first I was skeptical on, but actually Kirsty brought me around to the idea and actually found it quite useful, that a way to add someone to your WhatsApp without asking them for their phone number, because you have to obviously put that in your phone and then you've got them in as a WhatsApp contact. You can now use a QR code Um, So what you basically would just do is just hover the QR code over this person's phone. That will then add them automatically to your WhatsApp and nice and seamless. I quite like that. It's very COVID-friendly, isn't it? Very COVID-friendly. Like like, touch the phone. And I also learned, because I didn't think QR codes were working on Android, I thought you had to have like a separate app, because obviously on iPhone you can just use it for your camera, but apparently that's the case. I try to avoid all Android aspects of life, so I'm not really sure what goes on there, but that's there. Um, Also, then, the third update from WhatsApp is they are launching a dark mode, so 
dark environments, help minimise bright screens, etc. So, do you use dark mode? No, I don't. No, do you should. I don't know. I've never found a problem with the light. It's just too dark. It's just too dark. And also, I think it makes all the content look dark. As in, like, I know. Oh, this is deep. <laughs> Things have gone too deep. Um, they are also looking to make some improvements to video calls, or they haven't really been that explicit on there. The only other updates that we also have, which I quite liked, was multiple device support. Now, anybody who hasn't got WhatsApp for laptop for their desktop needs to get that because that is a total game changer. Action. Action. But this multiple device support is actually, you could actually have it across um, tablet and mobile. It wasn't actually coinciding with desktop because it is quite annoying with a desktop that you still can't take calls on desktop. Oh, yeah. But you will be able to do it if you had it on a tablet. So you can do mm. cross device from that perspective. And also, and I just enjoy this one, self-destructing messages. I'm just never really sure whoever needs a message to be like, this message will self-destruct in whatever amount Did of time. Did you write self-destructing messages down? Is that actually what it's called? Is it called, like, disappearing or...? I don't know, but I've called it self-destructing <laughs> messages and I might I want them to be kind of like a, this message will self-destruct in... Like time down. Time down and then be like, oh my God, panic, I've got to read it. I will say, though, I hope it does happen to those very annoying voice notes that people like to send, because they can definitely go, poof, in my <laughs> mind. Um, do you think the self-destructive messages would be a little bit like when you send somebody an Instagram DM, and you might send a photo, and they can only view mm. it you at once? Maybe, but that is also highly irritating. So mm, You like screen grab that, yeah. people do it by mistake as well. I, I know, sometimes. and particularly if somebody sent me something of a product that I might quite like, and then I'm like, oh, this is gone now, I can't, can't remember where it was. Yeah, can't choose Steve. Don't enjoy anything self-destructing. Okay, noted. Right. Wow, big one. Number big one. eight, Instagram Reels. So. What I like about this as well is last week we were still like, it's coming. This week we can be like... <laughs> Instagram Reels has launched. So Instagram Reels, a new way to record 15-second clips set to music on Instagram. Sound familiar? <laughs> yes, you're right. It is familiar because it's literally TikTok. <laughs> um, so... It's TikTok for the over 30s who are just like, I'm Instagram till I die. Don't make me move out of Instagram stories. Oh, I give you reels. Thank you very much. And that is so true for us because before this podcast, we were, <laughs> we were testing it out in our over 30 fashion. And um, it's not that easy to use, is it? Or maybe just because we're not the youth. Yeah, I did definitely find it clunky. I think it definitely could have had better integration with kind of how you use stories. I can think I found it goes a bit back and forth. So I've shot the video and I want to put the stuff over it there and then, but then I kind of have to go back. And also, we did also notice, we tested it on our personal and our brand accounts. You can't have audio on brand account, mm. which I know you can't from a stories anyway, but that feels like... But to be fair, also TikTok started removing that as well. So which is obviously around a whole rights image and commercial usage of music. It's all about the music though, isn't it? But it's all about the music. We were going to then share one before the podcast, but without the music, it's just Kirsten and I <laughs> eating some strange pretzels. Do you think this will mean that people will 
downgrade their profile to be either a creator oh, right. yeah. or just a normal profile rather than a business account mm. to have access to, to this functionality. It could be the case. Yeah, it Would could you be. Test it from a creator point of view rather than a yeah, profile yeah. point of view? So, yeah. Um, yeah, big things really for me are it's TikTok, it's on Instagram, <laughs> um, you create it, it lives uh, on your profile like an IGTV video would, um, and it, you can also share it to your story. It's pretty much like a, oh my God, I feel like an old lady says, but it's a fun, it's a funky story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, Should too much. Yeah, that bit. cut that bit. <laughs> well, um, but we could, we did notice you could also post it to your feed. It could just go into your reels section, yeah. or you could just post it to stories. We also noticed that from reels, you can then post it to your storage, which I think is slightly better than just posting to stories. Because remember, whenever a platform launches something new, they favour the people that are using it. So I would recommend using it and publishing it to Reels and then sharing it to your stories as a way to drive traffic back. Really maybe. good point, Sally. So when we shared our Reel just now, are we calling it a Reel or a Reels? When we shared it our... was really good anyway. <laughs> <laughs> when we shared it and then we played it back, you can swipe, you swipe up yeah. to swipe through. And we also notice a lot of people doing them very well compared to... I feel that they're the people who've had it rolled out for a little bit longer than we have because... Ours was good. There was, there was Swifty on it, so, you know, what more can you ask for? So, Instagram Reels, it's now here. Move on it quickly, get publishing and report back. Have a play, yeah. Um, I think it's good that um, Instagram have also integrated it within the app. Remember when they went through that phase of just having separate apps for everything? Yeah. Which actually I still haven't deleted Boomerang, which I do need to do because I definitely don't need a separate app for that anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's that will significantly help the usage of it. Um, and they have done quite a big launch on it. Obviously today it's come up in your stories from Instagram, like introducing Reels. Um and it's been so, in the pipeline a while, hasn't it? Yeah. We talked about it maybe six months ago. Yeah, maybe definitely. Really come, I think for me, yeah. it definitely needs to be incorporated into stories as much as possible because that's where I spend most of my time. Me probably going onto the reels area is probably not what I'm going to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And also the one I published, I published it to my feed, but because it had almost like the story... Um, type type mm, on. Mm. I was a bit like, oh, it's not very premium. I'm not sure how many of my reels I want to publish onto my feed. Yeah, because it just looks a bit. Yeah, a bit so lazy, I then, a bit yeah, lazy. so I just published mine to reels and not to my feed. So that was an option. Also, the reels do come up in the explore area, so that obviously has some good visibility aspects from a brand perspective. Um, there is already a lot of dancing um, and also some great camera kind of movements on there so it will also be good and I think you can once you've made the reel save it down because obviously a lot of this you can't you need to create the content natively within reels you can't pre-make it and then upload it so from a client approval kind of process you're going to need to make it within the app save it down and then re-upload it so maybe that's something to also consider yeah really interesting great that's reels yeah get on it do it um, no more really good puns available, <laughs> but I will leave that there. Um, so my, my final update this month 
is is around TikTok, purely TikTok, not other people ripping off TikTok. Um, and this is TikTok ads update. Now, I think we rumoured this was coming last month, and we've been talking about it all year around TikTok ads, but they've now um, launched the self-service platform of TikTok. And actually, today, I sent my first TikTok ad live as well, which is kind of exciting. So it's rolled out now to all advertisers. You can then also create like a brand center account, like it's called a business center, which is a bit like your Facebook business manager. And then you connect ad accounts to it and you can have different people with different levels of access. So like admin access, only viewer access. And some people, if you work in like a big agency or if you've got clients that want access to certain accounts, but not others, you can limit which accounts they can and can't see. Um, the actual user interface was really, really good, really quick and simple to kind of set it up. Interestingly, you don't have to have an active TikTok account to run a TikTok ad. So you can basically okay. run it like display ads on Google, really. But you used to be able to do that with Instagram, didn't you? Yes. So um, you didn't have to have an Instagram so profile. So you didn't have to have an Instagram profile. So you have to upload then the name of your account and then... Um, a logo, mm-hmm. but you don't have to have an active account to run an, um, a TikTok ad. So you can use it kind of more like a display functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, so originally when it first launched, I was only available to have traffic, conversion, and app install mm-hmm. ad um, functionality and objectives, but now reach and video views have come there as well, which I kind of feel is the area that TikTok's mostly going to operate in. Um, the campaign I sent live today was a traffic campaign. You can also have a TikTok pixel. You know I love a pixel. You know so pixel. there's a conversion pixel available there as well. That seems nice and easy. The one downside I would say is when you are building your audience, you know on Facebook you get that strange little dial thing and it says like broad, niche, can't remember yeah. what it is. It has um, that kind bother. of thing. Yeah, don't bother. Put it in the bin. <laughs> it has that kind of dial thing, but it doesn't give you the audience size yeah. like Facebook does. So you have absolutely no idea how many people you're going to reach. So effectively, you can't build any KPIs for your client. So your client, you're like, you should do TikTok ads. They're like, yeah. okay, how much is it? How many people am I going to reach? You're like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I think what you're going to have to do is get a client that will at least trust you, and then you can use That's something as a benchmark. As a benchmark. For all clients. You're now my benchmark. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, one thing to say is TikTok have got grants available now. So there's two different grants. Um, I thought the way that it sort of worded it was that you got both grants, but I've only seemed to have been given the one. So it seemed to say that you would get $300 as kind of like ad credit just as setting up your account kind of thing. Yeah. But that didn't seem to happen. But you have to upload credit to TikTok. TikTok. So it's not like you still have to have a credit card on there, but it's not like how you have, like with Facebook, when you're then invoiced about how much you spent, you have to upload the credit to the platform. And then what they're doing at the minute is a one to one match. So if you upload £50, they will match it with another £50 up to the value of £1,600 between now and the end of December. Love it. So up to £1,600. So I put £500 on for this client, updated that, which actually means we've got £1,000 spend for this campaign. Um, and that campaign's yet running on a traffic basis. So I would probably say all in all, it took about half an hour to set up. You obviously... Understanding your services, Sally. Understanding myself. <laughs> oh, obviously, there was a hell of a lot of thought and theory that went in beforehand. Um, but what I'm trying to say is it's 
intuitive. intuitive. It's yeah, intuitive. and it's definitely been mirrored on Facebook. 100%. You can see that as you go through. Yeah. Targeting options are currently quite limited, so you can't be... Say you wanted, like, age brackets are in certain brackets, so it's, like, 18 to 24, 25 to 34. Yeah. You can't then be, like, 17 and 19-year-olds or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, still kind of within its infancy, but definitely recommend having a try and having a little bit of a play, especially if you can put 50 quid on and then you get 100 quid. Bearing in mind as well that £1,600 ad credit one-to-one -one matching is all the way to December. So, And you can put some credit on there now and you don't have to use that credit until December. So it's worth having a try, see how it works for you. If you're getting some good results, put in some more money, they'll match some more money and just keep going from there. Inspired, I'm going to do it. Do it. Show notes. I'll put everything in the show notes. <laughs> Right, okay, so our final update is another fun one. Um, I'm saying it's a fun one, like my Twitter one was really fun, but um, there is, has been an update. In this the, one is fun, though. Yeah, I will give you that. In the world of emojis. So, according to CMO.com, 92% of the world's online population use emojis, and I am definitely one of those people. So there has been a wave of new emojis released recently, and I am going to take you through my favourites, really. So let's start from Facebook. So Facebook are saying that they have more animated emojis. Google has come out with a more diverse offering of emojis, and we can send links to what those emojis are. But I'm actually going to talk about the iOS or the Apple emojis that have come out because these are my particular favourites, because obviously, Sally, you and I are iOS users. Yes. So the categories where we can find new emojis around faces, people, body parts, animals, food, household, miscellaneous clothing, and musical instrument. So I'm just going to talk you through my favourite, which have to be from body parts. They've called it the pinched fingers. I've also heard it called like a chef's kiss. And it's that, like, mamma mia. It's like, bambisio. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. Mwah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really loving that one. And I feel like that could be used in, like, um, this is an amazing or kind of, like, get out of my face kind of thing. Why is the next one the beaver that's been... <laughs> I just like animals. We've got a few here to choose from. Like, I like dodo because you could be, like, dead as a dodo. I'm just also a massive fan of, like, a beaver emoji. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and just kind of like... Okay, like, eager, like eager beaver. Eager beaver? I think a beaver <laughs> also has a different connotation, so you might be careful how you want to use okay. that. Okay, I will be. And from a household, my particular favourite is a potted plant. I mean, that that's going to get some serious abuse from you. Yes, because how many times have you gone to, like, the plant section mm. and you're like, a palm tree does not really... It's just not really giving the same message as what I need. And I feel like a lot of the plants now are kind of, are they vegan kind of connotations and stuff? And it's not sometimes, you know, the vibe that you're looking no, for. No, a clover leaf is just not going to no. explain my amazing household plant selection. I so feel like what one... You, what, what are you feeling, Sally? One for me is the carpentry saw, because obviously that will be a number one kind of list. Um, for me, along with the elevator um, that I will use quite often, and maybe the military helmet, and I also particularly <laughs> liked the long drum, not a not a standard drum, a long drum. 
I just like the really niche ones, and I try and find the niche is the best, like nesting dolls. I like that. <laughs> what is a nesting I, doll? I'm also thinking, why have they never had a toothbrush before? Like a toothbrush feels like no. fundamental. And a lung. <laughs> Just like, you know, for when you're like, God, the lungs are bad today. <laughs> um, chatting away. <laughs> olive, an olive, like that's needed, surely. Yeah, a bell pepper as well, <laughs> and a flatbread. I mean, it's difficult to tell a flatbread from a bread on an emoji, but... No, uh, the bread is the loaf of bread. True, yeah, true. Um, they've also got fondue and bubble tea. <laughs> I don't know if I can continue with you just laughing so much at your, at your carpenter's saw. <laughs> carpenter's saw. Anyway, so... I hope there's a little carpenter with the saw. No. Because, well, how will you know if it's a carpentry saw or it just a just saw? It really jacket saw. <laughs> well, that could just be a hat saw, which is annoying. Um, so, anyway, we'll probably leave it on that note. <laughs> on that note, I think it's best that we go. <laughs> so... Cocktails have been consumed. Cocktails. The water bottle is now flashing. <laughs> but what a month. What a month for <laughs> updates. What a month. Goodness knows what August will bring of the more fun and frugalities of the emoji. But thank you so much to everybody from for joining us uh, on the podcast. And we will be back with our regular live event on the last Thursday of August. And we will follow that up quite shortly with the podcast after that. So Sally, over to you to type up all the show notes. And it'd be oh, fun. yeah, yay. I'm going to put some remote. emojis in them, to be fair. Look out for the carpenter saw. <laughs> so, bye from me. Thank you so much, Sally. Thank you, Kirsty. Bye from me. Bye.